Welcome to the Fierce Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Hayley Maxwell, brand clarity and messaging coach, copywriter, ferocious ice cream eater and leopard print lover. If you're ready to harness the incredible brand building power of words so you can become memorable, meaningful and the only real choice for your dream clients, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. Well, hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Impact Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. My, oh my, do I have a juicy episode for you today. I am chatting with the lovely Christine Corcoran, who is a business mindset coach based in Queensland, Australia, all about busting through fear to thrive in business, which I felt was a perfectly aligned topic to share with you in January because I know that many of us are thinking about how we want to show up in 2023, you know, what intentions we have and what goals we want to achieve. And often what happens is fear gets in the way of us being able to achieve those goals, those things that we really want for us ourselves. So I really wanted to dig into this topic and I knew that Christine was the perfect person to chat with all about this and I've been following Christine probably for about a year or so now and I just love her gentle but firm approach to up-leveling your mindset. And so in our conversation today, we talked all about the fear of success, fear of failure, fear of judgment, fears around making financial investments and how to trust your intuition and so much more. It was such a great conversation and I'm so looking forward to sharing this episode with you. But before I do, I just want to share a little bit more about Christine. So Christine is a business mindset master coach, speaker, podcast host and creator of The Thrive Retreat and Elevated, Transform Your Worth, Money and Business Program. Through transformational mindset work, money mindset strategies, value-aligned business goals and leadership skills, Christine coaches stressed out and overwhelmed businesswomen to grow and scale their businesses by becoming confident powerhouse women who charge what they're worth so they can thrive and succeed in business. Christine is a qualified practitioner in master neuro-linguistic programming, matrix therapies and an embraining practitioner with an extensive study of human behavioural profiling, hypnotherapy and leadership coaching. Amazing! She specialises in doing the deep subconscious work in releasing limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging behaviours to up-level your results in your business, income and impact. 
The Next Level Life podcast is Christine's bi-weekly drop of motivation and inspiration where she shares the mindset tools you need to take your business to the next level. And if you haven't listened to the Next Level Life podcast, I highly suggest you hop on over after this episode, of course, hop on over to Spotify or wherever you're listening to this episode and look up the Next Level Life podcast. It's a really great show to have on your regular listening list. And so without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. Welcome to the Fierce Impact podcast, Christine. How are you going? I'm great. Thanks, Hayley. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm super excited to to have you here because I am really intrigued and interested in today's topic, which is all about fear and how fear can really keep us as, as business owners playing a much smaller game than we're actually truly capable of playing. And I know that it's, you know, a really big topic in its own right, but, you know, I'm super excited to to dig into some of those, you know, common fears and worries that we have in business that really hold us back. But before we get started, um, would you just like to share a little bit about your um, business journey and sort of how you got to, to where you are now? Sure. So yes, it's one of my favorite topics as well to talk about. So you may have to rein me in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Christine Corcoran and I'm a business mindset coach. And my journey into becoming a mindset coach for business owners started back when I was in corporate. So I was in a sales and business development role with with a large corporate company, national, no, I should say global, global company. um, And loved my role like when I landed that role I was like this is my dream job and so went wholeheartedly into that role and gave it my all and you know five years into it I am all I've always been someone who loves developing myself like it's just been a huge part of who I am and I'm always big on growth and so I would always develop myself behind the scenes as well as the development that they would give me and so there was a, a period of time throughout my fifth year that I was like experiencing challenges with the business owners that I was working with. So I would help support business owners to be able to take their business to the next level. We were very focused in the business on strategy, right? It was their main focus. And so we would have specific strategies for businesses and we would take the strategy to them. We would give them everything they possibly need in order to execute on that strategy. And what I would find is I would come back a month later and some business owners had taken that strategy and run with it and been successful and others had done nothing. And I was like, what am I not doing right? Like, why is it working for some and not for all? And so it really frustrated me. And so I was like, there's got to be something different to the way that I'm delivering it. Maybe it's my communication. And so I went back and actually studied communication styles. I then started looking into human behavior and got super excited and interested in human behavior. And that's when I heard then about this thing called coaching and was like, did not know that this existed and also did not know that you could make a living out of it and was so passionate and excited about understanding what makes us tick and what makes us driven and what gets us to take action, what stops us from taking action. And so everything that I was learning, so I basically like dived into all this study behind the scenes while I was working full time and then started implementing some of the things that I was learning for the mindset side of things for these business owners and started to see really great results. And I was just like, this is the best. Like, Oh, oh my God, like for the business owners that had, had succeeded, they went even further. 
and the business owners that were had, had been stuck started to take massive action and started to get good results and started to believe in themselves again. And I was like, hang on a minute, there's this huge missing piece that we're not doing here. Right. And so I started to actually um, communicate that with the leaders in the company. And they got me to start doing like sales training and training with their sales teams and their business development managers to help them understand the human behavior side. And I got super obsessed with it. And I don't know whether you have experience with this, and I'm sure you listeners have experience with this, that when you're in corporate, sometimes things don't move as quickly as you would like them to. Um, (laughs) um, Sometimes there's a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of political stuff that you have to deal with. And I was just so in love with the mindset side that I was like, I just want to do this. And I want to do it with business owners that want to grow. So because I didn't have a choice of who I worked with, I was basically given a roster of clients I had to work with. There was an element of a lack of willingness to change. And that was really challenging for me because I was like, why don't you want to grow your business? Like, why are you even in business? And so for me, I was like, I think I'm, I think I've outgrown this role and I was ready to move on. So I started building my business up alongside my business, sorry, alongside my corporate role. And then was just absolutely freaking loving what I was doing and then built it up and left. And so now I work with business owners on a daily basis. I have a couple of programs and masterminds and I do one-on-one coaching and help women in business specifically to help them overcome their self-sabotaging behaviors, to help them overcome the fear and the doubt, any limiting beliefs, overcome their money blocks, all of that stuff that holds us back to be able to catapult their business into their next level. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. And you can just see, and I know that obviously my listeners can't can't see, but you can just see that kind of love for it and the passion for it shining through in your face when you're talking about it. So I think that's amazing. So in terms of fear then, what are some of the most common ways that fear shows up for uh, business owners, particularly for women in business? Yeah. So a lot of the time, what we notice first is actually the behavior or the lack of behavior. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that they go, oh, I've got a big fear about this. So sometimes they're not always aware, right? Some Some people are aware, some people aren't necessarily aware that they have a fear around something. So often it'll be a self-sabotaging behavior where they're holding themselves back and then we need to actually unlock the underlying fear underneath it. So they could be undercharging, they could be stuck in people-pleasing, they could be over-consuming, procrastinating, like long-term procrastination. They could be like, there's so many different self-sabotaging behaviors. I'm actually writing a book on it at the moment and I've highlighted like 15 top um, self-sabotaging behaviors and it's so interesting, like, you know, sabotaging relationships, sabotaging your um, sales promotion, like not putting yourself out there and promoting your set your yeah. offers or your business. There's so many different self-sabotaging behaviors. So I think one of the things you would need to ask yourself first off is what is something that you would like to be doing that you're not doing, right? So right. there's either a language around it like, oh, I wish I could do this or I should be doing this, but I'm not doing it. And that's usually when we start to identify those self-sabotaging behaviors. And then we want to figure out why, like what is actually stopping us from taking that action? What are you telling yourself? What's the story that's playing out? And what's the underlying fear that's causing that story? So the four main fears that I see that a lot of women that I work with experience, fear of failure, big one, fear of rejection, another one, fear of judgment and fear of success. And so what's super interesting is that a lot of women that I work with, they often present thinking that they have a fear of failure. Like I was talking to someone about this the other day and it's like, 
she was like, oh, I'm sure I've got a fear of fail. I'm really worried about it failing. And I, I was like, okay, interesting. Like, let's work on this. And so we start to explore it even further. And what was really going on was because she actually had a fear of success. So once, because we tell ourselves it's that fear of failure, because it's a very common um, belief system and, and story around business that you're worried about it failing. But a lot of women are actually more, more worried about the success because if we were to reach that next level of success, then it brings a whole bunch of other challenges that maybe feel so out of our realm of being able to handle. We feel so like we might be pushed out of what we call our current reality. And so if you've got a circle of friends or a family or anybody that basically limits or has a story around success can impact your version of success, right? So a lot of the time we have fears around, well, if I earn a certain amount of money, can I handle that? Like, what would that look like? I've never had that amount of money before. Uh, people in my in my realm, like in my family or friends, judge other people with money. So then will they judge me? And will I be ostracized if they judge me, if I make a lot of money? So then we keep ourselves playing small at a certain level that's safe, right? Mm, yeah. So we play safe because that keeps us safe in our own belonging, in our own environment. And also it stops those bigger problems that we're worried about. So handling money, handling rejection, handling um, the fame or the lack of anonymity, uh, worrying about being able to handle a business at that level, leading people, like all of that starts to go to that next level when they start to go, okay, I might be earning $100,000 and that's pretty good for me to do on my own. And I might have, you know, maybe one support team member that is actually external to the business. So they're not actually really employed. But then if I start to get bigger, I'm going to have to employ or I'm going to have to do all these things that I don't have the skills for. And it activates so much fear within us because it is so much of the unknown that we have no either experience in or we have stories around our ability to manage or handle that. And then so we go, oh, no, that's not for me. And we then just stay safe playing on the same level. That's it's so interesting. It's so fascinating around that that fear of success, because you know, typically, for example, in the online space, the message we're always getting is, you know, it's about, you know, growing to that next level. It's about having that success. It's about earning more money. And and you kind of think that inherently everyone wants to grow want and to. everyone wants success. But actually, so it's it's this weird kind of dichotomy, isn't it? Like this is almost like this contradiction where it's like, yes, you, you want that success. You want that growth. You want that, you know, that wealth, for example, but you're also scared of it as well. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Yeah. So then you sabotage yourself, right? Because if it's like yeah. you get anywhere closer to it, then you sabotage it because it's like, oh my God, this is getting me closer to that fear or they get me closer to that possible rejection or that possible judgment, even though it hasn't even happened yet. It's where our brain keeps us safe, right? So our brain is playing out those scenarios in our mind and then it almost like pulls us back down going, oh, no, better not do that. Better not do that. You'll put yourself in a situation where you could get judged or rejected. Don't do that. Yeah. And so then you keep playing safe. And you're right, like we do have that messaging. And I think there's a couple of things that I would say to that. Like one, how many women do you see at that level that you would like to achieve? Mm. And it's not many, right? Like mm. there's not a lot of women. And when you think about like, you know, I have a podcast here in Australia as well. And I, and I run events here in Australia. And I think that I look to like, who were the, the women that are doing really successful things in Australia? There's a very small list, mm. right? When you think about that top level, very yeah. small list. And 
what happens is that we already are judging them. So women as a whole, like I think we've been very conditioned to feel like there's not enough to go around and that we're not in, we're, there's not enough at that top level. So we even judge people at that next level. So one of my first suggestions is always recognize the stories you're telling yourself about the people that you're already looking at, like those role models, those representations at that next level of wealth or success. If you're judging it, you're already repelling it. So you want to start to humanize them. You want to start to actually allow that to be a safe place because if you're judging them, guess what you think is going to happen to you when you get there? You're going to be judged, right? So it's so fascinating that our, yeah, our brains do do this to us, but there are ways around it. And I think that's the power of working on your mindset and understanding being able to create that next level of safety at that level, because it's so attached to our wealth. It's so attached to money. When we look at that next level of wealth, it's like, or success, it's all entwined. It's like, well, what will that mean for me? And who will I have to become? And if I get to that level, am I going to be judged? Like your brain is already thinking about all of those things. And if we don't take the time to unpack those belief systems, you will actually end up staying exactly where you are creating the same results because that creates a level of certainty and safety. And your brain's like, we're comfy here. Just sit and watch yeah. Netflix. You're super comfy. Yeah. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just sit and binge watch The Crown or, you yeah. know, whatever program is the latest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, do you think that particularly when it comes to that fear of success and the, I guess the judgment of those who are at that higher level who are, you know, very wealthy, do you think that there's a... a a generational element to that because I know like for what I mean by that is so for myself even when I was younger I remember very much the you know discussions that adults would have around people who had you know wealth essentially who were seen as being rich and it was always most like well you're rich so you are you know rich people are dicks essentially you know yeah, like, yeah, there was very absolutely. much that vibe around it and I don't know if that's that's shifted today I mean it's certainly not how I talk about about it but yeah I'm just wondering whether you've kind of seen that whether it is a lot of those stories from childhood that come come through hundred percent a hundred percent and you don't realize how much of it impacts you on a daily mm. basis because your subconscious minds, your belief systems were created. Your money identity was created in an earlier stage of your life, right? When your brain was malleable, when your brain was literally a sponge absorbing everything around you, it was seeing your parents interact with money. It was seeing your parents notice other people with money and recognize their reaction. So sometimes it wasn't even words. Sometimes it was like an energy, like shift of like judgment, but it was an internal thing. Like we notice that, like your body's actually noticed that energy around it. And so it's absolutely from your childhood. Absolutely. Like it's a key piece of it. And then it's also then how you're currently embedding belief systems about money now, right? Because if you're basically running from an old stereotype of what rich looks like, we're still stuck in the past because there is plenty of representation in the world of Mm. wealth in a good way. That doesn't have to mean that rich means evil or rich means they did something untoward to get there or that they stepped on people to get to where they are, you know, all, all that bullshit. And I think that it's really conscious of the fact of like, okay, what's my money story and is it serving me? Because if it's not serving you, you need to change it. And 
So like for me, for instance, like I grew up, um, my parents were farmers and worked really, really hard for their money. And so that was a really strong belief system that I also carried on, but also noticed their judgment on other people being flashy with their money. So mm-hmm. if uh, I remember literally have this vivid memory of us leaving an event and seeing someone, one of the other families drive out of this event and mum and dad judge like, oh, look at them in their flashy car. And I literally yeah. remember that belief system. And it's like, isn't that funny? Like that they, it's because it's so much easier to judge others than to actually look at your own internal stuff that's going on. And mm-hmm. so that they judged others and I don't blame them for that, for that at all, but it's recognizing like, hang on, that belief system, where did it come from? Is it mine? Do I want to believe it? And if not, is it serving me? Because I want to get rid of it if it's not. And so changing those belief systems and developing a new level of awareness around your stories around wealth. Because so when I first started in the coaching industry, there was an interesting representation of what success meant in this industry. And I very much separated myself from it now because Mm -hmm. I just stay in my own lane. Uh, But basically back then it was like, for you to be successful, you had to hit six figures. And, you know, now of hitting six figures multiple times, it's kind of like, eh, whatever. It's like, I don't even know what the thing is. Um, But back then it was like the representation of the, in, in the industry of people hitting six figures were coaches that I felt were doing things in an unethical way. And that didn't feel right for me. And so I was like, hang on a minute. Like there was a reason why I, my first year I didn't hit six figures. And the second, second year I struggled to hit six figures. Like it was literally like, because that representation of six figures was so negative that I was like, I don't want to be them. Like, I do not yeah. want that. I, and I was holding myself back from showing up on video. I started my podcast first because I was too scared to show up on video. Like all of that played out until I created a representation or found a representation in the world of what success meant in an, in an ethical way, but also that aligned with my values. So when I think about wealth, I think about being generous with my wealth. I think about being able to give back. I think about being able to book a overseas trip on an incredible yacht with a bunch of my friends because it's my birthday and have some great times. Right. I don't think about, you know, like climbing the next ladder of success or whatever, like that point of view, I think about the freedom that money is going to give me. And I was like, okay, I need to find a representation of that. And so I went and I looked into, you know, social media and all the different places. And so my representation of that next level of wealth is Sarah Blakely from Spanx. She has an incredible company. She just put it up as an IPO and basically has all these women investors into her business um, and like even Oprah is invested into her business. It's incredible. And when that IPO went live and she made a bunch of money, she basically took the majority of the profits and gave it back to her team. So all her employees got $10,000 spending money, two first, uh, first class tickets to anywhere in the world and the leave, like, Wow. Yeah. Like completely gave back. It was so incredible. And I was just like, that's my representation of what you can do with wealth. And so find that good, safe experience. And she's still genuine. She's still real. She still is so funny on socials. And she's so just like, you know, hanging out and having McDonald's chips. Like she's just so random. (laughs) So it's like, find someone that represents that next level of wealth for you. So then it feels safe Mm. to go towards it because otherwise you will keep sabotaging it. Yeah, no, I really love that. And I think that's really 
valuable advice as well is to find that that person that you can look up to that does have that that positive representation for you that aligns with your own values because I think you're completely right there has been and you know and still is to a certain extent you know uh that part of the coaching industry that is very very focused on you've got to get to six figures you've got to get to multi six figures or seven figures whatever it is now you know and and really just that that focus on success you know money being the only um version of success and it really isn't it's it's actually Mm. then about you know what that that wealth or what that money that you can bring into your life can support you to achieve in your own life in your clients lives and you know in in the the community or society at large to the causes that you care about and things like that so I love that bit of advice about finding someone that really resonates with you so thank you for sharing that that's awesome and and so in terms of so we've obviously talked about the the fear of success and how that that shows up but on the the flip side in terms of the fear of failure because obviously a lot of people you were saying before think it is oh it's a fear of failure that I've I've got so how does that tend to to show up then for for women yeah so a lot of the time it's a level of procrastination so prolonged procrastination or it could show up from a place of over-consuming. So feeling like I have to keep learning, keep having more Mm. qualifications, more experience before I can either charge this amount or even put myself out there, right? Because it's that lack of, I don't have enough. I'm not enough in order to do what I want to do. And so that can show up like that. Or it's sometimes it's like um, if you've experienced a form of failure in the past, or if you were brought up in a household where it was not okay to make mistakes, right, where you're, the expectation from your parents was like you must achieve and it must be good, then that's that level of expectation that is underlying and creates that, like, I can't fail. Like, it's such a terrible thing if you fail. And so it can show up in lots of different places from not putting yourself out there, ghosting on a launch. I see that very regularly where they're literally Mm. like, three days into their month long launch and they're like, nah, it's not working. So they just pull themselves out and don't do anything and just ghost. Uh, if they are not promoting themselves, um, it can show up from a place of, of, you know, worrying that it's going to fail anyway or expecting that it's going to fail anyway. So I may as well just stop now and just not bother. Um, There's lots of different stories that we can be telling ourselves around the level of failure. And I think the the key piece here with the failure piece is actually changing and reframing what failure means to you. Because Mm. when you think about the longevity of your business, like, like Hayley, how long do you plan to be in this business for yourself? For a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've been in it for sort of 11, 11 years already. So it's kind of like, I don't see that that changing. You know, I see mm-hmm. me just continuing to, to go forward and the business to evolve. So yeah, for as long as I can, I hope. <laughs> yeah. And so how many things that you're going, how many things do you think you're going to try in your business? Oh, so many, right? (laughs) So many things, yeah. And how many things do you think that there are possible to try? I think you can you can give anything a go. I think that's it. You know, but you've got yeah, you've got to be willing to give it a a go, haven't you? Yeah. And so in that, you've got to be willing to be okay with the failure. Yeah, absolutely. Right, because there are going to be 50 million things that you could try that may not work, but you're going to learn through it. You're going to learn what works and what doesn't work. 
And if we change that relationship, like almost like remove that word from your vocabulary, there is no such thing as failure. There is either things that work and things that don't work. And then when you, things that don't work, you learn from it and then you improve the thing to figure it out how it's going to work. Right. Yeah. And I think that what can happen is that I see, so uh, I have business owners that sometimes come to me where they are basically they know they're holding themselves back, right? They're getting in their own way, holding themselves back. And they're just getting to that point of frustration where they're like, I've had enough of holding myself back and I don't know why I'm holding myself back. And sometimes it's because of that fear of failure that they actually have stopped trying multiple things. So then they actually go, well, nothing's working. And the reason why nothing's working is because they haven't actually been trying things because they're worried about things failing and what it means. And the reason why I'm saying this is so important is because the what you make that word mean impacts how you feel. So when you mm. think, oh, I just failed, this launch was a failure, this offer was a failure, this that Instagram story, I didn't get the views on it that I wanted to and it failed. If you are using yeah. that language, that word is connected to the centers in your mind that activate your emotional response. So if that word failure for you means absolute dire, you know, despair like it's literally nothing else is going to work it means you are a failure if you're attaching it to who you are as a person then that's obviously going to feel horrible Mm. right it's going to feel horrible and you know what your brain does not want you to feel horrible so that you are going your brain's going to basically protect you from feeling that by avoiding anything that could possibly lead you to failure but the only way that you're going to figure out what's working is you fail at a bunch of things yeah, absolutely. How many things did we fail at in the first few years of business, Haley? Like, I'm sure there's things <laughs> we fucked at so bad, right? Uh, <laughs> <And>, yeah. <laughs> right? And so it's like, how do we take back that control? Because you cannot control whether it's going to fail or not, but you can control your actions and your response to it. So you want to control your ability to go to get back up when things didn't work. You want to control your mindset and what you're making it mean. Because if you make it mean like, oh, okay, well, that's one of the things I'm going to try in the next 50 days. So I may as well just keep moving on to the next thing. Or, Mm. okay, why didn't that work? Isn't that interesting that that offer, for whatever reason, didn't land with my audience? I need to go find out why that didn't land with my audience and maybe ask a few people because I think the offer is great and I think the value that is in that offer is going to be amazing. So what is it about that offer? that's not working. Mm. Not like, what is it about me? They hate me. They don't want to work with me. Everyone like, do you know what I mean? Like we go straight to like the whole economy thing instead of going, it's a separate thing to you as a person. Your business has nothing to do with your worthiness. It has nothing to do with who you are as a person. And the more that we can disconnect it and look at the business side as a complete separate entity and go, Mm. what does it need to thrive? We're able to actually feel better about our business right? I always like to take an observer's view. So when something isn't working in my business, I go, okay, let's look at the facts. Let's look at the business. If I was coming in as a completely um, separate person to this business and I came in and looked at all the numbers and I came in and looked at what actions had been taken over the last month, it would give me an indication of why things are working and not not working, right? Mm. If I was able to do that, it's not about the business owner, right? Even though we attach it so much to ourselves because it's our baby, we've got to stop calling it our baby because it is business, right? If we stop doing that and realize that we are so worthy, we are an absolute incredible human being, a great friend, a great partner, a great parent, a great daughter or whatever it is and go, okay, what does the business need? What does the business need? It is a separate entity that can thrive. 
and separating it not only makes you feel better, but also gives the ability for the business to thrive too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's about removing that emotion from it, isn't it? It's, and it's incredibly hard to, d- to do, but it's yeah. really about, as you say, detaching yourself from, from well, I think the business. Be- I think it's the detaching the outcome and not making it mean about you. That's right. Yeah. And then also managing your emotions separately because gone are the days where we completely, we can't take emotion out of it because we are emotional beings. Mm. And so emotions are actually, they serve us. They can guide us in where we need to go and they can serve us in so many different ways. It's about how we manage those emotions. And if we let them overtake us, like I said to a client yesterday, we get to choose. You get to choose how you want to feel. And she was like, ah, what? And I was like, you get to choose how you want to feel. And she was like, I don't know if I can believe that. And I was like, let me test this for you. If you were to think back to a time where you absolutely like were so excited, just just enjoying some moment in your life. Can you think back to a memory that it was just so fun for you? And she was like, oh, absolutely. And I was like, when you think back to that moment and you remember what you were doing and who you were around, like take a moment, just have a little think back to it. And the smile came to her face and I was like, tell me about it. And she started telling me about this experience is like far out that sounds so fun she's like yeah and I'm like and how do you feel she's like I feel really happy and I'm like exactly you get yeah. to choose and so what happens sometimes is our emotions can get the better of us and so and this happens over a long period of time sometimes if our emotions or our reactions are always like in control of us we've got to be able to take that separately and understand why we're feeling a certain way and you know mm-hmm. the majority of people are so disconnected from their emotions like mm. I had a bunch of clients start with me back in November, December, and I've had to give a bunch of them emotional wheels to understand what human emotions they're experiencing because we don't have vocabulary around it, which is super yeah, interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So it's like we're disconnected. Our brain is so in overdrive of thinking, 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 but you don't feel in your head. You don't feel, you can't think through an emotion. You've got yeah. to feel it. And so when they work together, it serves you. And so a lot of the time we have such disconnection to our emotions or they're so big that we're so scared to actually feel them that we're mm. obviously making things that don't go right in our business so bad that we feel shit. And so I think it's that disconnection, like disconnect your business from, from yourself as a separate entity uh, and allow yourself to see it in a clear, clear light with a bird's eye view and then also manage your emotions separately. Because even though like, yes, we're going to have failures and I say that with inverted commas, we're going to have things that don't work and it's yeah. what you make those mean is more important. So if you make them mean they're a failure, you're going to feel like a failure. If yeah. you make them mean that they just was something that you didn't work and there's 50 million other things to try, try something else, right? Yeah. And it's important that you still allow yourself to feel that disappointment because you're human. You're going to feel it, feel the disappointment and then accept what's happened and then move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think like for me, the fear of failure is something that I'm always constantly, you know, working on. So working through through it. And I think the way something that's worked for me is instead of looking at things like a failure, I look at them as a learning opportunity or I look at them as the things that I want to do as an experiment. So yeah. I treat it like this. Let's give this a go. Let's treat this as an experiment. Let's see what I can learn from it. Let's see, yeah. you know, what happens. And that's, that's so been good. a really useful reframe for me is, is really looking at it as an experiment. And 
And the thing, the other thing that that has helped me is sort of thinking to myself, well, if I don't try, if I don't give it a go, I'm only going to be in this exact same position anyway. So, yeah. So do I go ahead, give it a go, experiment and learn and maybe things will be amazing. Like maybe everything will go the way that I hope it, it, it goes, yeah. um, you know, and, but if not, then I've moved, still moved a little bit further forwards because I've learned from it and then mm. I can rinse and repeat, try again. So I think that's so been a big thing for me is trying to always reframe it in that particular way. Yeah, that's so perfect. Like, that's so, so good. And I think so many people go, this is my last ditch effort. Or if this doesn't work, obviously, Mm -hmm. I'm just not good at business. No, man, it's not that you're not good at business. It's that you haven't tried enough things, right? You haven't honed in on and learnt from it. Like, I was talking to another client about this last week around, like, she was very emotional with things not going right and going her way. And so we worked, worked through the emotions and then she was feeling better. And I was like, okay, now let's actually look at the facts. Like, what do you know for sure what's worked and what hasn't worked? And so we actually looked at her data and she was like, at the end, she was like, oh, it's actually not as bad as I thought it was. (laughs) But I was making Mm, up in my head that it was super bad. And then I was like, okay, so what have you tried? And like the last month, what have you tried? And she was like, like, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, if you, if you want to make more money, you need to make offers and you need to have conversations with people that are ready to buy your offer. Right. And she's like, I was like, what have you tried to get in front of people that could be a potential client? She was like, um, nothing. (laughs) And I was like, cool. So let's not judge ourselves for that because I'm not asking this question for a place of judgment, but it's an awareness around, well, we cannot judge ourselves for a result that we did nothing to achieve. Yeah. Like yeah. didn't do anything to create that result. You actually did nothing to create a nothing result. Yeah, so absolutely. What, what are our options here? We've got so yeah. many options, right? But we, we often play ourselves out of looking to the option options because we're playing too much into the problem. If we're focused too much in the problem, we're not focused on the solution. So bringing ourselves back to that level of solution and going, okay, what are we going to do about it? It's a much yeah. better like taking action and doing something is feels much better than just sitting and going, well, that didn't work and I'm a failure and I'm just bad at business. Yeah. And and when it comes to those, those emotions and managing those emotions, is it a case of sort of stopping and recognizing what emotions you're experiencing and then asking yourself, like breaking that emotion down, you know, what, what am I feeling? Like, what am I saying that this means? You know, what is the, the, the truth, the cold, hard facts about it? Like you were talking about then is, is, is that a useful kind of process to take you through? Yeah. So sometimes we need to be conscious of, is this emotion that I'm having about this specific thing or is it past stuff? Because sometimes we're actually bringing, because majority of the time we're living from the past. We wake up in the Mm. morning, we think about what happened yesterday. We bring stuff from the yesterday into today to determine Mm. how we should feel rather than going, okay, what if I determined how I wanted to feel first and then step into my day, right? So unpacking, yes, is this the feeling based on this specific situation? Because it might not be, it might be other stuff that you need to journal through or you need to actually unpack with someone and really explore why you're experiencing those emotions. If it is specific to the situation, then you want to separate the emotion of like, what are the facts? 
And yeah. what am I basing these emotions on? Because often it's the story that you're telling yourself that's creating the feeling, right? So yeah. we go, well, these are the facts and then tell me the story. Like what's the actual story of saying, well, that's actually didn't meet my expectation is usually the reason, right? It's honestly, yeah. we have, we had an expectation, we didn't achieve it. And then we feel terrible for it because it didn't meet what we expected it to be, which is probably then attached to your identity or attached to like, well, that means that I'm not good at what I do. Or that means that I'm a failure. Or that means that people don't like mm. me. That means that, you know, whatever reason. So we want to figure out, okay, what are the facts first? What is the story you're telling yourself about that? And is that serving you? Right. Because if the story I'm telling myself about this specific thing is, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Is that serving you? No, because it makes you feel terrible. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's backtrack and actually change the story we're telling ourselves, because that's the beauty of being human. You can change it any step of the way. You can be like, well, I tried this and it didn't work, but now I have 15 other things to try. Or I tried this. Isn't that interesting that that didn't necessarily work? I thought it would work. And it's okay that I get, to, I feel a little bit disappointed with that. That's totally okay. So I'm going to move through that disappointment and then, and maybe go make myself feel better first. So maybe go for a run, go chat to a good friend, like talk it out with someone, you know, go do something that brings you joy, do something that makes you feel better and then come back to it with yeah. fresh eyes and go, what could I make this mean? I could make it mean that, hey, look at these new things that I'm trying and I'm going to I'm gonna hit something that works at some point. So I'm going to keep trying something else. Or I'm going to make it mean that there could have been 50 million other reasons why that person didn't want to buy from me or why that person didn't say yes to me being on their podcast or whatever the reason is. Mm. Let's not make it mean about us because the more you do, like we want to take responsibility for our part, yes, but the more you make it mean that you aren't good enough or for whatever reason, it's only going to spiral out of control. So we want to actually make sure that you're making it mean something that's actually useful, right? Yeah. When I believe yeah. that I'm good at this and I'm going to figure it out and I've got 15 million options to try, you're going to feel better about it. If I'm making it mean, well, actually I've tried to have organized these collaborations and I've had 15 rejections and it must be because they don't like me. That's not going to serve you. There could be 50 million other reasons why they're saying no to that collaboration. Yeah. Change the offer, change your approach, try again, follow up, figure out if that's the right audience, figure out if the right message is there. Like there are so many things. That's the hard part about business, right? Because there yeah. are so many things that I think we get disheartened too quickly. Yeah. Like I gave my one of my clients this morning some tough love. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, so I have all my one-on-one -on -one clients, they get access to me, um, through a voice messaging service so they can message me throughout the day. And, um, I gave her some tough love because a collaboration hadn't come to fruition the way she'd hoped. And I was like, and she's got this opportunity to meet with this person that she wants to collaborate with because she hasn't met with them in person yet. And there was this whole story she was telling herself around it, Like, should I go? Shouldn't I go? Well, like, you know, if they really wanted me, they would want, they would come after me. And I was like, hang on a minute. Do you want this? And she was like, I, um, I think so. And I'm like, I want you to know, like, do you want this? Because either it's a great decision for your business or it's not. Either way is totally fine, but make the decision because if you really want it, go and get it. Yeah. Right. And I'm yeah. not usually that tough, but <laughs> uh, 
but it was, you know, a Friday and she, and she was exactly what she needed. She was like, you're right. I'm going to put on my CEO pants and go because I deserve this and it's going to be a great collaboration. They just don't know it yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we need that, don't we? We need that bit of little bit of tough love. And you you know, you as, as the coach with your clients, you know, your, your clients as well. And you know, when it's time for a little bit of tough love, you know, you've done that, that other work with them as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, dealing with that rejection piece as well, I think is one of those other biggest challenges is that, I mean, I've had the luck or not the luck, but the tenacity to do a sales role for many years that was basically driven into you to get rejected on a daily basis or otherwise you weren't actually doing your job. Mm -hmm. And so I had to actively learn to reframe rejection too, because if I made it mean about, it was about me, Mm -hmm. then I would never go back. Right. And you know that it's like when you're building a relationship with someone for it, if it's a collaboration or if it's a potential new client, like anything like that takes time and you can't expect that someone is going to buy from you like that. And so you've got to build a relationship. And so I had to go actively get rejected every single day. So I built a resilience up to it. And so like I was saying to this client this morning, like, you know, how many collaborations do you want to get this year? And she was like, well, I think what would be really worthwhile would be at least five to, you know, five to six collaborations, like big collaborations, like amazing. How many think, how many people do you think you're going to have to pitch to, to get those five to six? Mm. She was like, I don't know, maybe like 10 or 10 or 15. And I was like, nah, babe, you are going to have to probably pitch to 50 to 70, like easy. It's a numbers game. And so we've got to like disconnect that rejection. It's not about you. We've got to come back to the offer, the approach, the person, the alignment, like all of that. And the more you pitch, the better the outcomes are going to be. And so let's not put so much emphasis on this one collaboration, right? Go and do do the work and put yourself out there and keep approaching them. But be mindful that, you know, if they say no, it doesn't have to mean anything about you and you can go on to the next one, right? Like go and pitch. Because if you had four other collaborations lined up, would you be so worried about this one? And she was like, probably not. I'm like, yeah, because you're putting too much emphasis on this and worrying about that rejection, right? The rejection 99% of the time has nothing to do with you mm. as a person, nothing, nothing. Yeah. And yet we yeah. often make it 99% is us and 1% is the offer. 100% not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? How we do, we tell ourselves all these stories in our, our head like we've been talking about, you know, about why they have, have rejected us. But the reality is, is we don't know what's going on in that other person's life. We don't know what their priorities for their business are for this, you know, the the coming year. There's so many different different things that are going on that, you know, are not about us at all. So, no. yeah. <laughs> so interesting. Oh, God, the and things so, we signed up for in business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's such a journey. <laughs> and so, so one of the things that... You know, I I commonly hear sort of online is is people talking about that fear of showing up. So is that is that really linked to that fear of failure or fear of judgment, or is it kind of a little bit of all of it? <laughs> if, look, it's going to be individual to the person because it will mm. depend on their life experience. Because if they, yeah. you know have dealt with a lot of rejection in the past that it might be rejection if they've dealt with a lot of judgment or they're worried about that. Like there's so many, it could be so individual. As a majority, I would see that it would be judgment and rejection they're most worried about usually because it's so public and exposing that we're so worried. And I think that 
you know, being a social, if it's a social platform, you're opening yourselves up to it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think that because we also see other people being judged, we know that there is a possibility that it's going to happen there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's, yeah. there's a huge reality around it. And so again, like we, what we make it mean is, is everything. So people, and like you said, you don't know what's going on in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I had saw someone else post about this the other day because I was like, we sit so far back and go, well, I can't show up online or put myself out there because of the worry of the judgment or the rejection. But the majority of the time that doesn't happen until you get big. Like Mm, (laughs) there's probably going to be a few years that you need to show up and build that audience in order to serve the people that you really want to serve before you get anywhere that will actually activate that judgment. Right. So I think that it's like, focus more less on the people that are going to judge you and more of the people that you really want to help right there's people out there that absolutely need your services and by you showing up and actually sharing that with them they have the ability to know whether you're the right person to work with and you can actually be helping them instead of worrying about those others that may judge and the more that you can just send love and just not take it personally because they're they're not actually basing it really personally either because they don't know you it's Mm -hmm. like I always love like Abraham Hicks always talks about it in this way of like, if you had some random person call you up today and said, I don't like you, I'm not going to call you ever again. Bye. (laughs) How would you react to that? Would you be like, oh my God, like that's, why do they not like me? Like that's, you've got to work on that big time. Because if that's an issue, right, with a complete stranger, if you were completely, uh, confident within yourself you would go okay see ya like whatever yeah yeah like wouldn't care about it right but we're placing so much emphasis on other people's opinions about our about ourselves more than what we have about ourselves so I honestly believe that your opinion should about yourself should matter more than anybody else's you've got to like you Mm. right you don't like you then you're possibly do you know what I mean like you've got to like you first before worrying about what anybody else thinks yeah because when you're Sorry, carry on. I would feel worse about myself if I didn't show up and do the things that I wanted to do and go after my dreams because of what other people might think compared to what others are going to say about me. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to say that I think when you're really confident and and solid in who you are as a as a person then it's it's easier to sort of stand strong to mm-hmm. to things that you know that any judgment that might might come your way yeah. but I think one thing that or I even think about like, is oops. sorry or even on like certain days of the month if you're female like there's certain yeah absolutely that we experience there's like it's <laughs> like two days out of the month where I'm like it's me. Everyone hates me. Yeah. Everyone hates me. It's all my fault. That's it. I'm not getting into (laughs) social today. I can't show my face. Like, yeah. So, so, and I know that that's hormones. So it's like, maybe just, you know, get a dooner and watch a good movie. Yeah, It's like that Taylor Swift song, isn't it? That one of her latest ones, it's like, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) It's just like that. Like a couple of days a month. It's like everything. But the thing is, is that, you know, what I often think to myself is that actually the majority of people online aren't even thinking about you. And they're not, they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're thinking about themselves more than they're thinking about you, particularly when they don't even know you. They might see your post, scroll on by, and and the reality is, is that they're not really going to think anything of it. Like, you know, like that is the, the reality. And 
if you're sharing your perspectives and your personality and you're showing up as you, then then over time you are going to start to attract those people that really vibe with that side of you, with your perspectives and opinions and things like that. So over time, that will also repel people who, you know, are not in in alignment with that as well. And I think we often forget that as well is, is being able to show up and speak our own version of truth, you know, share what we believe is, is also about attracting those right fit people, those fully aligned people to us as well. So yeah yeah absolutely your vibe attracts who yeah it attracts exactly what you are right so if you're attracting a lot of that I would then start to question like are you one to also judge or you're judging yourself because that's the energy that Mm. you're putting out whereas if you realign with who you do really want to like I'm such a firm believer with like attracting those dream clients like you've got to be that next level of vibration in order to attract them right so I absolutely agree everything you just said so good yeah Awesome. I do have a question around um, the the fear of investing. And so um, I think we hear a lot of messaging online that is, if you're not investing in yourself, if you're not investing in your business by, you know, joining courses or programs and things like that, then it means that you have a mindset problem. But how do we as business owners navigate that when we are thinking about investing in something, but we have maybe a fear of investing, how do we navigate whether it is maybe a fear that we have about investing? So it is a mindset thing versus when it is actually, you know, our gut or it is actually a truth something coming up that is saying no this isn't the right time to do this how do we kind of navigate that Mm. you know that environment yeah it's a super interesting conversation and it's not necessarily one that I really get involved with because I feel like it's so individual Mm. and I don't believe in creating that expectation that you must be investing otherwise Mm. you won't grow like that's false like you can absolutely grow if you're not investing depends on your goals like it honestly depends on your goals and where you want to go and your skill level and the things that you need to achieve in order to achieve Mm -hmm. those goals right because if there's certain things that you know are holding you back and you you know that there's people out there that can serve you and help you in those areas of those challenges then investing can absolutely collapse time right like if you go okay i've got a really i need to get my money sorted this year like i know that i don't look at my financials i'm literally like I know that I'm undercharging. I wish that I would charge my worth. I'm getting resentful towards the people that I'm working with or the work that I'm doing because of the fact that I don't feel valued and and appreciated because I'm not charging enough. Then if you feel like you can't figure that out on your own, then working with someone to support that could actually collapse time and help you get to where you want to go faster, right? That's absolutely the scientific research to prove that working with a coach for specific areas can absolutely collapse that time and allow you to get Mm. to where you want to go faster. And I think that it's about, being able to make that decision for yourself. Cause I honestly believe there is a positive energy that happens when you choose to go all in and investing mm. in yourself is a great way to do that because you're like making that decision to be like, yes, I'm working on this. I'm going to do this. Like the last time I joined a mastermind, it was like a huge investment and I was literally like sick in my stomach yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, all this money going to go out of my bank. Is this the right move? And I remember talking to a friend of mine and she was like, 
if you had a client come to you and say, you know, how do I make the decision to invest in this? What would you say to them? And I would say, well, are the people that you're wanting to invest in, do you know whether they've got the, they've created the result that you want to achieve? So you're going to learn from the right people. Have you already gained value from this person that you know that it's going to be worthwhile, right? Yeah. That's two external things. But the most important part is that if you invest, will you go all in, mm. right? Yeah. So I think that that's, that's the way I make my decisions when it comes to investing, because that's when I think, you know, it's the right time or the wrong time, because it's like, if you are going to go all in and invest in this, are you going to make the time? Are you going to do the work? Are you going to show up? Yeah. Cause that's all you can control. And I think that if that's when I make, make the right decisions, I feel is like, I go, yeah, I'm going to go all in. So I'm going to make the most of this investment and I'm going to get more than my money's worth out of this, right? Mm. That's what I felt like I've made the best decisions when it comes to investing. I think another way to do that is to play out the decision in your mind because if you're stuck on it, go down both avenues and see what, what feels right for you. Like your body will actually tell you. So if you play out in your mind that you make the decision, you pay the investment, then you start working on this core thing or whatever it is that you're investing in, you do this thing, how does that feel? Does it feel like the right decision? And then play out the other scenario. Scenario: You don't make the investment. You don't work mm. on this. What are you going to do instead? How does that feel? Because it might be that you go, well, I'm not going to because I want to go work on these other things. And that's actually telling you what you truly want, yeah. right? Or you go, oh, I don't invest. I keep staying stuck with where I am. I don't get other help anywhere else. So I feel bad about that decision of not investing. So play yeah. out the scenario both both ways and see how that feels. Uh, and I think that, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like I know I go through certain slumps in my business where if I don't have that level of, it's not accountability, it's like energy investment, right? Yeah. Like if I'm actually yeah. putting my energy into something and I know that when I'm surrounded by other like-minded people, I know I go further. When I've got yeah, representations absolutely. of other people succeeding and doing things and learning from other people, I thrive. Like that's what works mm. really well for me. So it's about finding out what serves you because like I'll have clients that'll go, uh, is Elevated really right for me? Which is my signature money program. Is that really right for me? And I have to have maybe a conversation with them first because it may not be. Because if you've done lots of group programs before and have gotten a certain level of growth, but you're still hitting a plateau, that's where one-on-one -on -one needs to come into play because there's only so much that you can do in a group scenario because you can't see your own blind spots. So even elevate, even though elevated is very in depth and it's very much, I'm doing a lot of mindset work to help you with that. There's still one-on-one -on -one is that next level of growth because I'm part yeah. of you and your business. Right. So it's about finding the right investment for you with where you're at in your business. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest parts of deciding is like, you know, figuring out, actually, I would even suggest go back and listen to my podcast called Mapping Out 2023, where I talk about the types of years that you can have, because I talk about like, what type of year do you need in order for this next level? Because it might not be yeah. that you're ready to scale, because like yeah. sometimes people invest when they're not ready to actually implement what they're going to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it. If yeah. you're like, Oh, yeah, because everyone's like, yeah, let's scale. Let's have a massive year. It's going to be my biggest year yet. But if they don't have the foundations in place, if they haven't mm. got the processes done, if they don't actually like, there's so many things that could be running out, like could be not working, that if you try yeah. to scale, everything doesn't work. So 
I think it's being mindful of like what kind of year you need to have and then what investments are going to support that level of growth. So I definitely go check out that. I'll send you the link so you can pop it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll pop it in the show notes. And I've listened to that actually, and it was a really great episode. So yeah, definitely recommend that one. Yeah. And your whole podcast as a, you know, as a whole, it's amazing. You know, it's a really good listen. I love it. I love your five minutes of momentum. They really get me pepped up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just, yeah, I want to say, you know, thank you so much for sharing all your amazing wisdom um it's been such an interesting conversation I could talk about this for ages and ages but I'm really conscious of your time (laughs) but um I do have um a few last questions that I always ask every guest and the first of those is what does being fierce in business mean to you to me it means unapologetically going after your dreams like that's what it means to me is is like not worrying about what other people think, letting go of all that crap and just fiercely going after what it is that you want. And you know what? Like we're so attracted to that online. When we see other people that are unapologetic and when we see people that are authentic in that way, they're genuine in the way of like, this is what I want, this is what I'm going to go after. And they're confident in the way that they do that, but they're also unapologetic of like, this is my goal. It doesn't have to be your goal, but this is my goal. This is what I'm going after. I honestly believe that that's fierce. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's <laughs> such a good answer. <laughs> and what's the impact that you want to make in your business so through your work? It's kind of similar. So that's what I love to see with clients that they become that next level of unapologetic where they, you know, let go of all the crap that's holding them back. Yeah. They stop caring what other people think and they literally go after that next level. And I honestly believe like Well, my mission is really to have more money in more women's hands because I know that that's going to make a positive Mm. impact in the world because we care so much that we funnel money into other important things. Like I was talking to one of my clients the other day and we were talking about her give back scheme and like incredible ideas for giving back to her community and giving back to her clients. And just, I was like, I don't think men are really thinking about this, are they? Like, (laughs) I don't know, but that's a bit of a judgment, but like I would like that's my main mission is like letting us let go of our challenges with money because I think that you know we're grown up and going back to that question you said about generational stuff as well is like we're, we're we grow up in a space of like men are encouraged to succeed and women are encouraged to nurture and encouraged to have a family and encouraged to mm. put career first but then second first and then second and then you're not enough unless you have a family unless you have like all of this stuff that is attached to it yeah. And I think we also don't get taught money stuff. So I think that it's about having that, creating that financial freedom for women and that independence for women is really important to me as well. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say, um, you know, the the most valuable piece of of advice is that you've been given that's kind of had the biggest impact on the approach that you take to business? So I thought about this because it's such a great question. So before diving into all the work that I do now, before even having that corporate role, I had a boss that he, I saw I was a leader in his business. And so he was my leader, obviously. And I had this boss that always said to me, no matter what people ask, business is always good. Business is always going well. Like the way that you speak about our business impacts the growth of our business. So no matter what people ask, even if you're having a quiet week, I want you to find a way to, you don't have to lie, but find a way to say it in a positive way. You're like, you know, if you're having a quiet week, you could be literally like, 
things are doing really well. I can feel the amount of clients that are going to come in this week, or I'm excited about the new clients that are going to find us this week. Right. It's still, you're not saying, oh, I've had a really shit week. It's really quiet. What am I going to do? Like, because I honestly believe, and it's, it was such beautiful advice back then. And now knowing what I know about, you know, vibration and about manifestation and about the impact that language has on how we feel. Yeah speaking that into existence like you literally get to speak success into existence so be mindful of how you're speaking about your current reality because if you if you're speaking about your current reality in a negative way you're only going to create more negativity in your reality so if you can find a way to actually describe your current reality in a positive way it's going to serve you because your subconscious mind not only goes oh okay is that the truth and then starts to act as if as well as the universe listens so it was such beautiful advice back then that means so much more now that I constantly think about it. So like I had a friend who was having a bad week last week and I was chatting to her about it and I was like, okay, I'm going to give you two minutes to vent. And then from there, we're going to shift it to a positive because we know that sitting in this energy doesn't serve us. And if we're too focused yeah. on the problem, we can't find the solution. So go for it. Ha- like go for it for two minutes. And she did. And then I was like, okay, feel better. She's like, yep, good. I'm like, cool. So what are we going to focus on instead? Yeah. So like, it's important that we're really conscious of how we speak about our business because people mm. don't want to buy from people who are doing bad <laughs> for one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And you want to put out good vibes in order to attract good stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and and it's, it's similar to something that I've sort of talked to people about is that it, it is around that, you know, I t- obviously talk a lot about messaging, but, you know, the message that we tell ourselves about our business is just as important as the message that we're putting out to, you know, our audience or to our clients or prospective clients. So it's it's really important to be thinking about it, you know, from that, the message that you're telling yourself about your business. And I think a lot of people get caught up in, you know, it's a language thing as well, isn't it? They get caught up in, Oh, it's just a little business or, you know, and, and I think it's yes. about reframing only, some of just, that language. Oh, it's just yeah. this. No, because it's not yes. just that. Like exactly. we downplay our success so much. And I honestly, like it, it frustrates me. And I actually said this to a friend last week. She said, I can't remember exactly what she said, but I was like, don't do that. Like don't self-deprecate don't because that yeah. creates more of that reality. Like let's not, that's not true. Like you, you've got to actually go, am I just actually playing the pity party here or am I actually speaking the truth? Because yeah, it's so important. You gotta be so conscious Mm. of what you say out loud. Yeah. You've got to be like, you know, you've got to big yourself up. You've got to be like, how freaking awesome am I to have my very own business, to look after my home life, whatever that yeah. might might be, to run my own business, to serve my clients, you know, whatever level or stage I'm at, how freaking awesome is that? I think yeah. we have to sometimes really toot our own horn in that way. Hundred percent, and I think the hard part is like you know tall poppy syndrome here in Australia, and I know you guys experience mm. a little bit of it as well in New Zealand. But yeah. it's like we're so worried to top note ourselves, and it's like you don't have to top note and boast, but you could share the story. Like you can be like, you know, I never thought this was possible. But yeah. if you go back and go, I never thought this was possible. These are the things that I did to get here, and I'm so freaking proud of what I what I've done. People yeah. feel that genuineness. It doesn't have to be yeah. a boastful thing. And celebrating your wins and challenging yourself to look at that positive is so important. And I mean, it is highly like 11 years in business is massive. Like yeah. congratulations, like that's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo, tooting my own horn. 
<laughs> oh, that's so awesome. It's been such a good um, a chat. So thank you. But also, you know, what's coming up for you next? And, you know, where can people come and find you if they want to, to come and find out more about the work that you do? Sure. So I hang out most on Instagram, which is Christine Corcoran underscore coach. Uh, my website is my name. So christinecorcoran.com.au. Uh, what's coming up next is I am about to launch the next round of Elevated. So Elevated is my business transformational program, which is all about transforming your worth, your money and your business. So if you're feeling like this year is the time to get your money in order and you actually want to actually start making more money, then this is actually a mindset program, but also the practicalities of how to understand your finances so then you know to actually how you're going to grow so it's a huge it's not huge it's a it's a 10-week program and it supports you in being able to take your business to the next level by doing all that foundational work on your money and your self-worth uh so that's starting in february uh so the wait list is now currently open and whenever you listen to this it might already be doors open so you can come and check that out uh, on instagram or on my website um and i'm writing a book so i can't wait to have that come out over this year as well that's so exciting. Oh, I yeah. can't wait for that one. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for your time. And I will make sure that all of those links are obviously in the show notes. But yeah, thank you again for your time. My it's been pleasure. lovely to chat. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. Oh my gosh, wasn't that such a great episode? I absolutely love this conversation. And I find the topic of fear and courage endlessly fascinating. So I truly hope that you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. And if you did, I would love, love, love it if you would hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for me or screenshot and share this episode on Instagram stories so that even more amazing women like you can find this podcast. I have a goal this year of achieving at least 50 reviews for my podcast because the feedback will also absolutely help me to make this show even better for you. Now, before you head off, if you are ready for messaging that will fire you up and position you as the shit-hot, trustworthy authority that you are, there are two core ways that you can work with me. Number one is my brand messaging intensive. So this is my one-to-one message coaching intensive designed to help you rise up, cut through the noise and get booked out with a roster of premium, fully aligned clients who are totally ready to invest and absolutely jazzed to work with you. Yep, say sayonara to those soul-sucking red flag clients. Typically, coaching sessions run over five weeks and by the end of our time together, you'll have clarity on what you want to be known for, precise understanding about what makes you different and how to talk about it in a way that actually resonates with your ideal clients. You'll define all your core values and how you demonstrate those values through your work and what that means for your clients. You'll distill your overarching brand message so that you can repeat it with confidence and become known for that message. You'll also have your brand messaging pillars defined, the big topics that you'll talk about so you can stay incredibly focused. 
and you'll have a whole suite of brand key messages to help you build trust, authority and connect in a meaningful way with the people you want to attract. You'll also have your brand personality and your tone of voice nailed and documented and we can run through the type of content that you can create for your ideal clients. In our last session, I will also review any copy you've written, website copy, email copy, and I'll provide feedback so that you can optimize it further. The second way to work with me is if you have a launch coming up and you really want to nail your whole launch messaging strategy and take it to that next level, then my launch messaging intensive is for you. So we'll deep dive into things like defining your program promise, understanding and articulating with specificity what desires and aspirations your ideal members have. We'll distill and articulate all the types of value that your programs will help members to achieve and that's tangible and intangible value. We'll define what makes your program different. We'll distill the messaging that you need for the different stages of your launch. So that's your pre-launch warm-up, your masterclass or challenge messaging, your launch week messaging, your sales emails messaging, sales page and more. And then of course you'll get my messaging and copywriting eyes all over your landing page, sales pages, emails with feedback so that you can optimize the heck out of it and step into your next launch with conviction and confidence. So if either of those sound like you, simply book a call in with me at hayleymaxwell.com and we can chat more about how they work and if we're the right fit for each other. And absolutely no obligation, no pushy sales tactics. That is not me at all. Just an opportunity to chat about it more and see if there's a good fit. And remember, if you don't want to miss any future episodes, hit that follow or subscribe button in your favorite podcast player. And until next time, go forth and be fierce. 